Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako Chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 328. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, and then some, and everything in between. I'm Dijiron Mess. I'm R.I. Rockefeller. And I am Mako-chan. So, were you surprised with some with the mix-up this year? Not really, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. <laughs> well, I, I try, I try. Um... Oh yeah, I was enjoying a bunch of songs on there, you, you know me. Good, 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 good. Um, if we go to our chat room real quick at live at live.vognetwork.com, uh, Ray J says, I'm surprised Ronma hasn't played Transformers, Voltron, He-Man, or Denver the Last Dinosaur themes. Um, I've played them on the prior back to uh, school episodes, pre-shows. I kind of felt like every year I was playing the same stuff, so I just had to mix it up a little bit. I know there are some fan favorites that didn't make the cut for the pre-show, but there is our two breaks, and there's stuff in there somewhere, so I think you'll have some fun with that. Um, we are live tonight, week of September 19, 2017, here on the Vogue Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, replays at Thursdays 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clans such as Merc, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. Chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash Network, where there is an IRC chat client, you, uh, chat client link. You click on that, and whatever your chat client is, it'll bring you directly into the chat room. And also, we are on Discord. If you head on over to vognetwork.com slash Discord, if you have a default uh, Discord client, it'll bring you directly into our chat for that, or you'll be coming through the browser. Either or, it's a public chat server. Come in, have fun. It's all good in the hood. Uh uh, Vogue, let's see, check-ins are live, so go ahead and earn those Vogue points. And if you're listening on our podcast feed, there will be a code somewhere in this show, a uh, passphrase. You, when you hear it, head on over to vognetwork.com and go ahead and put that in, and then um, earn some points. Easy, simple, peasy, easy. Okay, let me just make a slight update here. Okay. And I just realized... I forgot to drop some stuff into the um, it's it, into the into the track list because I was putting together stuff as always at the last minute because I kind of had an idea how I wanted to do it but there was some other stuff I wanted to throw in there so I had to drop that in there real quick okay um let's see right, that goes here I didn't even edit the um. Stupid thing. Um, uh, shit. Uh, all right. I'm up here putting like the pre-show breaks in where it's supposed to be, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really need to go ahead and fix that because that's going to suck. <laughs> all right. Um, let me adjust the volume. Here, we're gonna go ahead and go around the room. How was everyone's? How was your week? How was your day? 
I even updated the tr the music for that too, j just for this one time special. Oh boy! And if you if you know the show, you know it might make you smile. So, Ari, how was your week? How was your day? Oh, for a second there, I thought it was going to be really, really horrible, and it's going to make me cringe and like choke you through my computer monitor. No. <laughs> I'm well, playing everybody's favorite music from the was the best Nickelodeon game show ever, Double Dare. Um, so, um, of course, today was payday, but the more important thing was this weekend I decided, you know, I don't, I don't use my 360 anymore. I don't, you know, use it for anything. So I sold it off and mm. got... It ended games. I got like 150 some odd bucks for at GameStop. Did you check the the backwards compatibility list? I don't have an Xbox One. Oh. And I really don't have any interest in getting it. Oh, okay. Uh, nevertheless, I picked up Destiny 2, which mm -hmm. you know, part of me was going to save for you know today's paycheck, but you know it'd be better put towards other things, <clears throat> bills. And I also picked up the new Metroid on a. 3DS and it's a new Fire so, Emblem on 3DS. It's so good. Um, so good. I can't, I take my 3DS to work with me, but uh, so I can't really, you know, spend too much time on the, the new Metroid one because uh, mm -hmm. of the action and how many times I have to, you know, uh, flip it open. Oh, the customer flip it closed, put it down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I keep hearing a lot of the, that the uh, new Metroid's good, especially because it's it's a remake of uh, Metroid 2 for the Game Boy. Which, it's yeah. more than a remake. They rebuilt that shit from the ground up. Oh, I know, but this this is a rebooting slash remastering. I've been wanting for a while. Mm. And let's see. And I'm also looking forward to the uh, barbecue this weekend. Ooh. Hanging out with you guys again. That's going to be all, also doubly awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how things have been going for me. Okay. A little bit, be a little bit better than usual. Glad to hear <laughs> that. Glad to hear that. Marco Chan, how was your week? How was your day? Uh, week has been pretty good. Um, other than that, I'm just really looking forward to having a full weekend off and doing nothing but. Eating and drinking. Mm. And relaxing. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, um, my weekend day has been interesting to say the least. Uh, let's start with uh, Fawcett Gate. <laughs> so this happened Saturday morning. Um, sometimes I get lazy and I leave dishes in my sink. It happens. So. I went to wash the dishes, and the faucet popped right off. Now I had a—I didn't think about it, but I knew something was up because when I would turn the faucet on, a little bit of water would kind of leak out and spray. Because I have a filter on, I didn't think twice about it. I guess I should have adjusted the um, the water pressure underneath, but it doesn't say to do that in the instructions. Maybe that's common sense. I don't know. Anywho. Boom, it busted. Thankfully, it was a clean pop-off. I can pop it back on and still use the faucet 
as long as I don't use a lot of pressure, which is good. So I'm like, how am I going to deal with this? I don't like knocking on people's doors, you know, because the neighbors are right there. Luckily, I caught them as they were coming in and I explained what happened. The, the husband was supposed to come by after Shabbos, after Sabbath, to take a look at it. And he says, I'll call a guy to come take care of it Sunday. Neither happened. So I called the landlord that Sunday afternoon and explained everything. So I was supposed to be home at 6.30 yesterday. I didn't get home too late because of work. So he couldn't come over. Now, this is a tough time because it's the high holy Jewish holidays coming up, which is pretty much this week. So he was going to come and do it during the day. So I left the keys upstairs for an upstairs apartment so he can get into mine. That didn't work because the neighbors upstairs changed the locks. So now I'm probably going to have to wait till after the holidays for this to get done. But I thankfully I already purchased the faucet, so I'm hoping that maybe they can come. You can come early tomorrow because, to be perfectly honest, I am not leaving my keys with somebody. And the only time, and even then, I'd rather have somebody in my house just chilling out, relaxing, while they do the work. It wouldn't be so bad if the neighbors upstairs were still here because they would let them in. But you know, I I, I can't do I can't have that. And also, you know, I went out and got like I caught a special on some um, blue cheese because I always have I always like keep extra blue cheese in the house when I get my wings on Tuesdays. And I ran out, even though they gave me an extra container. So I tried this new uh, blue cheese. It sucks. It's too mayonnaise and lemony. Ew. I mean, if I'm eating it with wings, it can I can mask the taste of that. But when I dip it with the carrots, mm-mm. And the thing is, I'm not even angry about it because the most I spent on it on this container of blue cheese was a dollar. So I'm like, I'm just out a buck. That's neither here nor there. But other than that, let's see. Both Studio PC is running the latest build of Windows 10, so that's much more stable than the prior build, which is the same build as the Skype PC, which I know I forgot to have it on last week. I got it right here. And we are golden, so. And I think other than that, that's been my week and day. Oh, took back the old, took back the memory, bought a new uh, card reader. So I'm hoping this works because when you put memory cards in the computer now, it lights up, but it, the drives show up in the management, but nothing happens. So I'm like, this thing is fucked. So, and to be perfectly honest, I don't want to have to start investing in a card reader to dump dump pictures and stuff so yeah see other than that that's been whatever so oh and the dog has been the neighbor's dog's been barking at night and the neighbor's dog shouldn't be left outside at night yeah well it's, I only hear it because my windows are open, so. But uh, that's basically is it. That's been our weekend day. So, like I said, this is, I think, our third or fourth uh, back-to-school special. And usually, 
that same week or with the next couple weeks, I usually will change up the opening and ending sequence themes. But I think I'm going to let it stick around for a while because I'm enjoying it. I'm like in a groove for it. So we'll see. Um, I don't think I'll be playing. I don't think I'm playing any old school commercials. You know, kind of wanted to, but I was like, nah. But, um, but I did tweak the opening and endings, uh, musical breaks and stuff like that. So, like it was said, there are more music I got playing during the during the breaks here. So if you hear something that you like, go ahead and sing along. We won't tell anybody. And depending on the song, Mako-chan will sing along with you. Isn't that right? Just not out loud. Oh, God. Well, they need a backup vocalist. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. All right. 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 Save this real quick and save. Let me click this. All right. So yeah, we'll be back.
some of my favorite uh cartoon favorites growing up and probably yours and everybody else's so before we get into tonight's news a uh, quick question for everyone what what was that one cartoon you you kind of sort of ran home to watch curious um all of them <laughs> can you just pick one no seriously i would run home and i would watch the entire block of either disney or uh, when Toonami started, uh, I would come home and watch that. It's not just one. Mm. It's it, it's got to be the whole block. Yeah, that, that's what. Yeah, that, that, the ones I can you know most that re- remember the best are the uh, the Toonami ones, uh, and okay. the, and when I got you know ported the Mag- as Maguzi, but you know like the uh, early days of. Uh, Tsunami, that's why I remember the bet. That's, you know, Sailor Moon, Kenshin, Dragon Ball Z, and Gundam Wing. Hmm. Okay, I guess, I, I guess uh, I'm gonna date myself yet again, but it happens. See, for me, um, I would actually run home for Thundercats. That's one I really remember sticking out, out of my head was Thundercats. I, I was do my absolute best to be home at 3.30 to catch that. And I remember making sure I was up at 6 a.m. for Voltron. And um, do y'all remember, like, the, the the Saturday morning preview shows? What do you mean? Like, Friday night before they were show the brand new um, cartoons, they have, like, a 30-minute preview show. I know NBC did that a lot. ABC did, and I think CBS did. Um, I remember they did one with Alvin and the Chipmunks back to school, and that was and they and, and they did that one that year, which premiered Saved by the Bell because they got back just in time for the Bell. And according to that, that's how the name of the show came about, something like that. And then there, I remember there was one with Keish Knight Pulliam where it was called Back to Saturday Morning where they were going through, I think they were going through time trying to find the cartoons and stuff like that. It was pretty cool. I'm probably going to link a few of those on my Facebook, personal Facebook, if I can find them on YouTube. And I, I believe even WB actually did that a couple of years. Huh. Yeah. I honestly don't remember any of that. Yeah. Uh, and, um, 
Dark Tetsuya just said in our chat at live.vognetwork.com. Wow, I remember those. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not crazy. It was I'm not a- saying you're crazy. I'm just, yeah. you know, honestly, like, don't remember what you're talking about. Like, I remember the, I mean, that's like Saturday. Like, you know, remember Snake, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's what I was thinking of for whatever the hell reason. Mm, maybe. But um, I think if I find a couple on YouTube and link them, you might it might jar it might jar your memory. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, tonight's news. Um, Mako, tell us about Digimon. So um, there's been a Digimon game out in Japan for a while now called Digimon Links, and it seems that. The Google page uh, is listing an English language release for the smartphone smartphone game from Bandai itself. Uh, you can pre-register for the game, uh, but there's been no official announcement yet. And what the game is, is uh, it allows players to build a farm to raise Digimon for three-on-three battles. Mm. The game launched in Japan uh, March of last year, and it's spelled Digimon Links with a Z in Japan. Um, the art for it is pretty cool, but you know it, it's it's just like your build and battle kind of game that's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you level up your your Digimon and all of that. There's co-op modes. Uh, you know, it, it's got the, you know, the, the main Digimon that are in the series. Um, I don't know. I mean, just the pictures look really good. Obviously, I don't understand Japanese, so I haven't downloaded the Japanese game because I'd probably be completely lost with it. But um, I have a a dragon game that looks pretty similar. Mm-hmm. You basically build farms and habitats and things like that and then train up your dragons. So this looks uh, very similar to that where you can get various uh, various Digimon and then battle them. So I'm excited because yay for Digimon games. Uh, but again, with it just being under pre-registration, there is no actual, uh, you know, date for English release right now. I hope so. I'm hoping that they do a better job translating the the, the text in the game as they did with Sailor Moon drops. Um, yeah, I, I would hope so, but. Wait, you, mean, you mean uh, like, 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 what do you mean? Like, they forget, like in some areas of the game where there's text, they forgot spaces. Oh, so that's minor stuff. I'll sl- yeah. Like, for a second there, I thought you were talking about like really bad English, you know, got let through or something. No, no, no. And, and for the record, I've already signed up and pre-regged for it. So have I. <laughs> I did it the night that I found the article. <laughs> Of course you did. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, moving right along. Now, 
this next article reminds me of Captain N, the Game Master, because in that show you were defending Video Land, and to me, I thought it was kind of cool that there was these you were able to go through these worlds and stuff like that. Well, Universal Studios Japan might give us something that's kind of close to it, but just for a temporary amount of time. Universal Studios Japan announced on Wednesday that its Universal Cool Japan 2018 event is going to include attractions from Sailor Moon, Final Fantasy, Detective Conan, and Monster Hunter. And the event will run from January 19th to June 24th. That's really cool. The first wave of the events will feature Final Fantasy, Detective Conan, and Monster Hunter. The second wave, which will start in the spring, will have Sailor Moon. Later this month, Universal Studios Japan will reveal more information as to what this all entails. Previously, they've held events for One Piece and Resident Evil, Back in 2015, uh, Universal actually held its first Cool Japan event. The event featured attractions from uh, Attack on Titan, Neon Genesis Evangelion, Biohazard again, Resident Evil, Monster Hunter, um, popular uh, blogger, fashionista, and idol singer, Kari Pamu Pamu, Detective Conan, and Godzilla. Universal Studios Japan, which opened in Osaka back in 2001, also began holding Universal Jump Summer events uh, as of last year. These events feature attractions inspired by mangas published in Shuisha's Shonen Jump magazine. Previous attractions have featured Haikyuu, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, Death Note, Baruto, My Hero Academia, One Piece, Gintama, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Universal Jump Summer will be back from June 30th to October 1st of this year. That's going to be kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be fun. Yeah. I can see um, Monster Hunter sort of like a roller coaster type ride. I can see that. Detective Conan, like a mystery house or something, you know. That would be kind of cool. Alright. Um. Ari, what's up? What's going on with the director of Cowboy Bebop? Ah, uh, what indeed! Uh, director Shin- <clears throat> Shinichiro Watanabe is directing an animated short tie into the Blade Runner 2049 film, which opens in Japan on October 22nd. The short is titled Blade Runner Blackout 2022. Uh, Sony Pictures began streaming a preview showcasing some designs and animation tests for the short. The anime will take place in the year 2022 between the original Blade Runner film, which takes place in 2019, and its sequel, Blade Runner, which, Blade Runner 2049. The story will involve a large power outage in the west coast of the U.S. Mm. Watanabe is writing the script in addition, in addition to directing. Side Games Pictures, the anime student, studio subsidiary smartphone game publisher established last year, is producing the animation. Shuko Murase, who created for a Halo, Halo Legends and Gundam Wing is serving as character designer and animation director and Flying Lotus is composing the music. The cast includes Kenichiro Matsuda as Iggy, Ichigo Aoba as Trixie, and Makoto Furukawa as Ren. The sequel to the 1982 film starring Harrison Ford will open in the U.S. on October 6th. 
Makes me want to go watch the uh, original Blade Runner again. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Probably. If not Netflix, Hulu. It's somewhere out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not su- I'm kind of surprised they didn't re-release it as a special edition on Blu-ray DVD with like a free ticket or something like that. You'd think they'd make a lot of money doing that. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it's sort of like saying, well, they don't have much faith in the movie, so here's a free ticket, you know. Yeah, I guess that's a better yeah. point. Okay, now, here's something interesting from Sentai Filmworks. They're going to phase out DVD distribution by 2019. They announced on Monday that they were going to, they're, doing, they're, they're planning on doing that. But the company will offer DVDs for second and third seasons of titles it already released on DVD. The company will release older titles on DVD that have no existing Blu-ray disc materials. Sentai Filmworks will design premium box sets to house Blu-ray discs only. The company is running a DVD to Blu-ray promotion that is offering a free Blu-ray disc player to people who spend at least $300 on products and its online store. The promotion launched on Monday and will end on September 30th. Okay. There is remember, when Blu-ray, remember when Blu-ray players were a thousand plus dollars? Five hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Five hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Five hundred ninety-nine U.S. dollars. Yes, I remember. Wrong. <laughs> Sorry, no. I forget where that's from, but uh. No, it's um when they first announced the PlayStation Three. Oh, oh, I, that much I do remember. Yeah. But I remember someone had made a uh, remix of that. With the uh, Phoenix Wright sprites. Mm. Now, it's I, just from that. They kept like. Go on. They like kept repeating that line. And you see like Edgeworth shocked, see Phoenix shocked, the judge shocked, and then um, Edgeworth belts out the uh, Kevin Spacey wrong for some reason. Mm. Understandable. Um, now let me let me t- let me tell y'all something, friends. Unless you have a deep pocket. Unless you are a big anime fan, there is absolutely no reason to spend $300 on anime merch and so forth for a free Blu-ray player. You can go to Best Buy and pick one up for about the same price as a box set. And since they're probably gi- since they're giving away the DVD player, the Blu-ray player for free, it's probably not that high quality a DVD player. Probably not. I mean, if you don't want a Blu-ray player, you can buy one for your PC, and it's like 60 bucks. And if you're that tech-savvy, you can just pull out the existing DVD player and slap one in. And you will need Blu-ray software. Uh, let's see. There is one that I have that is absolutely free that I stumbled across, and it's actually really good. Um... See if I can what if I can find it. I think I just fired. I just clicked on and fired it up because it's listed as Blu-ray player on my PC. I just wanted to see what the name of it was. Yeah, Lee Wu Blu-ray player. It's one hundred percent free, and there is a Mac version. If you don't want to open up your PC, you can get a, a USB version. You can take it for your laptop. This or that. I guess because. Prices of the Blu-ray discs are getting cheaper, I suppose. But I will say this. Even if you keep staving off from wanting to buy a Blu-ray player, what's going to happen is a series that's going to come out directly on Blu-ray 
that you want really badly that's going to make you break down and say, fuck it, I'm going to buy it. That happened to me years ago when Aqua came out with their Barbie Girl single. It was only available on CD because they sold out of the cassette tape. And she said, fuck it, and just dropped money on a, on a CD player right then and there. It happens. How many people have bought consoles and stuff for a, one specific game and just let their libraries grow from there? There you go. Yeah, I mean, most I think most of us who are listening have a next gen console, so you know your Blu-ray aspect is kind of covered. So, hell, PlayStation threes are coming down in price. You can get one used for like 150 bucks. You get Xbox ones used for like 150 bucks. They're both Blu-ray players. And as Doctor Tsuya says, giant enemy crabs. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. You know, it's kind of funny, though. I actually knew somebody that got really pissed when companies started bundling the Blu-rays and the DVDs together. She would complain, the price is too expensive, this and that. And I'm just like, well, just buy just the DVD version. I've already said it for a while, you know, if somebody has the DVD player and I got the Blu-ray one, they can have the DVDs or I'll make them copies, whatever. But given how, you know, sometimes the price of a complete box set with both formats is pretty cheap and it's kind of worth picking up. So. Anywho, um, Mako, this guy is angry. Uh, Yeah. And you tell us why he's angry. So, uh, Seiji Mizushima directed the 2003 Full Metal Alchemist anime. And he's not very pleased with the live action. Um, and again, this is the original anime, not the one, not Brotherhood. Um, so this is the one that had quite a few changes from the manga. Mm -hmm. Uh, attending a roundtable panel at a Japanese festival, uh, anime producers Hiroshini, uh, Hiroshi Kanemaru and Tomoki Masawa, um, had a discussion on live-action films. Uh, Mizushima thinks the film's cast should have been more diverse and not entirely compromised of all Japanese actors. Um, the statement is likely in reference to the fact that several key characters in the manga and anime are not actually Japanese. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's quoted as saying, it was a bad idea to only use Japanese actors. If you ask me whether I think the cast could pull it off, I'd say that no, they can't. It's hard for actors to capture the look and feel of the original manga. All three panelists agreed that manga illustrations allow more freedom than what actors can convey. Uh, emphasis was singled out for the Gintama film, which... Uh, uh, Mizushima basically said just look stupid 
they also pointed fingers at uh, the horrible Terraformers movie as another example of live-action film failing to capture the greatness of an exceptional manga. They did, however, state that they can't deny the increased media attention and mainstream appeal of anime um, is going up thanks to the recent influx of live-action adaptations. And despite his comments, he says he hopes the live-action Full Metal Alchemist film performs well at the box office. There's one movie he forgot to mention. Hmm? Attack on Titan. And the thing is, Attack on Titan kind of had the same issue. Mm-hmm. Attack so on Titan. Hmm? So, so we're going to call this guy the Salty Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he has a point. Um, the, the, the setting that they're in is not a setting in Japan. Especially... You know, taking into account something like um, Attack on Titan, which the reason why some of the characters are so, I guess, sought after uh-huh. is because of their Japanese heritage. Enough so that guys were willing, willing to purchase another person because, quote-unquote, she was Japanese. Um, going into, you know, a, a, a movie version of that and having to basically change everything just to have the actors fit in is, you know, it, it, it's, it failed, at least with Attack on Titan. Uh, they had to change so much stuff that it basically bombed. Um, I don't think Full Metal Alchemist will have the same problem if they do it correctly. Um, there are certain characters that should probably not look Asian just because the whole war that they were going through was because they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it, it all depends on what is being changed and how they're going to change it and all of that. And my whole thing is, as long as the storyline fits, I don't give a shit who the actors are. Right. As long as they can act and as long as whatever changes in the story are okay... I don't care who the actors are. Maybe if the you know the cast and the uh, people, the general populace is mostly Japanese, like they turn the uh, the the one foreigner into you know something European or African or something like that. I mean, I mean, it's 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 really going to depend fully on how they pull it off, how they do it. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. Because I really do like Full Metal Alchemist. Um, and I think that the uh, more readily action-packed stuff that they can do, since it doesn't rely on huge titans, might help. 
Perhaps. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't say that I'm not, so... I, I definitely am. I, I think th I think they can do this. And I think a lot of it falls along the lines, the aspect of the movies are for Japan, for the Japanese. Nobody else is really going to care. But I don't think these Japanese production companies starting to realize when these live-action films are coming out, there is an international audience that will probably sell a kidney just to get their hands on it. <laughs> just saying. Or probably pirate it somewhere. <clears throat> yep, 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 yep. We've all done that at least once. All right. Um, Marius, back to you. Uh, let's see. Funimation Films announced on Monday that its U.S. theatrical release of Tokyo Ghoul is slated for October 16th to the 22nd. Pardon me. Mm -hmm. Theater locations are listed on Funimation's website, and they also began streaming an English subtitled teaser trailer. The film premiered on July 3rd at Anime Expo Los Angeles, July 7th in Berlin, and July 10th at Marunouchi Piccadilly Theater in Chiyoda, Japan, before its wide theatrical release in Japan on July 29th. The film ranked fifth in its opening weekend in Japan, and will get 40x screenings. Let's see. Kentaro Hagawara, Super directed the superstar short directed the film and the production shot principal photography from last July to September. Masanori Marikawa, a Christian Dada designer and a fan of the original manga, designed the mask and costumes of the ghouls in the film. Don Davis, who worked on the Matrix trilogy, composed the film's music, and Nicholas Becker, who worked on Arrival, Zero Gravity, and Batman Begins, were in charge of the sound effects. Rad Wimps band songwriter and guitarist Yojiro Noda performed the song Baka under the name Ilion. Sounds interesting. I'm going to have to probably watch the anime and see if I'm going to actually look forward to seeing the actual film or something like that. So, I don't know. It's not my cup of tea, but I'm curious about it. You know, isn't the uh, series also showing on Toonami at this point? Probably. Because I remember the I think one of the conventions, you know, just idly watching TV one night, and, like, it was on, so... I think we're, like, riffing on something about it. I, I don't remember what. Mm-hmm. Memory's kind of spotty. <laughs> it's all good. Now, let's turn things and make things a little bit more... bountiful. This is an interesting article. Something I, I thought I would never come across as I would never think of, but gotta love Japan. Here is a complete is a list of the top ten anime women with the biggest, most impactful breasts, as voted by thousands of Japanese netizens. What? Yep. So there's a Japanese survey website. Um, called Goo, as it lists here. They, they pretty much uh, sent out a survey to a little bit under 3,600 netizens to cast their votes for one of the biggest anime breast questions. Which character made you think, whoa, those are huge, the most when you saw them? And here is the top 10 
from smallest to biggest with the most impact. You're dancing around these tit metaphors so badly. You know that, right? Mm, it's kind of titillating, isn't it? <laughs> I have a red hamperit on my forehead because of that. Thanks a lot. As Yako and Waku would say, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. Anywho. Number 10 is Ryoko Narusawa from the series Occult 9. Uh, the series Occult 9 is made by the same creator as Steins Gate, who has a thing for semicolons in titles. Her exact boob size isn't known, but she's only 90 pounds, and she's five feet. But most of the weight is in the chest area, and the thighs are very, very nice. Anywho. Number nine, Quetzalcoatl, or we all know her as Lukoa from Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Who has, who has her own Twitter account. Gotta love that. You've seen parody accounts for all sorts of characters I, all over the place. I don't place. think it's a parody it's account. I, just th- I don't think it's a parody account. It's more like a character account. That's what I meant. Okay. So, she's technically a dragon, but she appears enough to have enough mammal in her sport to have quite memorable memories. Yeah. I'm not going to lie... From the various animes I've watched, Lukoa is quite endowed. And I don't think I have a friend on my Facebook that can kind of hit that level. Or I think I may know one person who can come damn near close. Number eight. Tsunade from Naruto. Who is actually one of my favorite characters because she's a lush. She fights. And when generally when the artist draws her... He doesn't put attention to her boobs. You know she's endowed, but it's not much of attention there. Yeah, you leave that to the fan artists. Yeah, or if you're... Also, this, also the screen cap that they have, I can't put it, like, get a read on what Hinata's, what a notion Hinata's trying to convey by looking at her. I don't think that's a screenshot. I think that's a fan art or something like that, because that's like that looks really, really bad. But if it is, it is. So in a, in a ninja world where most of the female characters, as to the author of the series Naruto, Masashi Kishimoto's credit, are drawn in somewhat realistic ways, Tsunade definitely sticks out from the crowd. Similar to number 10 on the list as Ryoko Narusawa, Tsunade seems to be carrying most of her 108-pound body weight on the upper half, considering she's only 4 inches taller at 5'4". Five 5'4". Four. Five four, and Vryoga Hibiki brute strength. Honestly, I thought you would be like somewhere like 140, 150, something like that. Mm. Same. Number seven. Nico. You don't you don't like punch you don't punch trees and boulders and mountains and not have some kind of mass behind you. Mm. And we go into our chat room at uh, live.vognetwork.com. Dungeon Buster asks, only anime characters? Brunhill from Valkyria Revolution is a sad Valkyria. 
yeah, this is only anime characters. There's probably a video game list out there somewhere if you just Google it. Might be out of date, though. Number seven is Nico Robin from One Piece. And th as it says here, while some have claimed the fact that the way Nico Robin is designed is what makes One Piece sexist, which is interesting, whenever... Author Ichiro Oda is asked why he draws the women this way. He usually replies with something along the lines of, because I like to. And I think that's a legitimate answer. He's not dancing around. He's like, I like drawing them that way. I mean, you, you can argue him, but you can't really give him shit for it because he's being straight up. And thanks to Oda's love for his characters, there's tons of information on Nico Robin. She's the tallest of the, out of the list at 6'2". And her bust is 99 centimeters, which is 3 feet 3 inches, compared to her, her tiny waist of 59 centimeters, which is 1 foot 11 inches. Youch. If Rob, Nico Robin was real, she would most likely collapse in on herself, creating a small black hole in the immediate area. <laughs> <sighs> Next up is Mako from Prison School. She is the underground school council vice president. She was teased for her large breasts in middle school, and while that's unfortunate, it didn't stop them from growing. She uses her girth to punish the four boys at Hachimitsu Academy, some of whom enjoy it more than others. Well, she could probably kill you with those things. Well, not not because of the size, because of her temperament and how she is, and how she gave away her last fuck like decades ago. Mm, probably so. Number five, Reiko Catherine Akimoto from Kochikame Tokyo Beat, Beat Court. Tokyo Beat Cops, sorry. Reiko is half French, half Japanese, and also a police officer. She's given ample amount of fan service throughout Japan's longest running manga. It's going on for like 40 years. Wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. Her dimensions have fluctuated over time, but it's around, she's about 5'7". Her bust is 3 feet and 1.5 inches along, and a waist of 1 foot 11 inches that puts it right behind Nico Robin. Number 4. Rangiku Matsumoto from Bleach. Oh boy. Yes, for those of you who don't know, Rangiku is a soul reaper who... No, she has power over men, and she happily uses it to manipulate them to get what she wants. She's 5'7 half, 126 pounds. She's slightly more realistic than the others on the list, but not by much. Number three, Boa Hancock from One Piece. There's no, it shouldn't be surprised that she's on this list. Even in the world of One Piece, the powerful Shikibukai is lusted by, by pretty much every man, except for Luffy, who she hilariously falls in love with partly because of that. According to Oda, Bo Boa is 6'3", bust of 3 feet, 7.7 .7 inches, and 2 foot uh, waist. Wow. That makes her only an inch taller than Nico Robin, but gives her about five inches of bust despite an only extra inch of waist to hold it in. Yet another black hole just waiting to collapse in on itself. Number two, 
Fujiko Mean from Lupin the Third. Fujiko isn't near the top of the list Well, she should be. But, well, it's number two, so... Yeah. Well, maybe she should be number one. You know, that's my bias, but that's a story for another time. She's pretty much near the top of every female anime character list there is. When it comes to surveys about characters who should get her own series, to the most beautiful female characters, to even female characters that Japanese women want to date, she takes the crown or is close enough to steal it, Herk Herk. Trust me, it ain't just Japanese women that want to date her. I know. I know. I know you got your lottery ticket, too. <laughs> See? She's five feet... She's five feet... Five, she's five feet, five in, five point seven inches, 110 pounds, and it almost makes sense when you take it and she has a bust of three feet, 3.3 inches, and a waist of one foot nine... One foot ten inch, About ten inches. She's shorter than Nico Robin, but with a bigger bust and a smaller waist. That's one way to make a lasting impact on viewers. And number one, can we get a drum roll, please? No, because the number one sucks. Yes, this this series sucks as a whole, but that's just my opinion. Number one goes to Nami from One Piece. <sighs> She's... Five, five feet, six and a half inches tall, so she's shorter than Nico Robin and Boa Hancock. But her bust is three feet, almost 1.4 inches, and has the smallest waist, which is one foot, 9.6 inches. Her short stature combined with her overwhelming upper body makes her for quite the woe experience. Jesus Christ, girl, eat a sandwich. She's a fucking Barbie doll. I know. Like the old school Barbie before they they made her quote unquote more realistic. Mm-hmm. Now there's another factor of putting Nami at the top of this list. It's become something of an inside joke to to the fans of One Piece. But Nami did not originally start out looking like this. Art evolution, yay. Yes. Over time she started out as a I would say as a B cup. And now she's like a triple D cup. Damn. And the author of One Piece has been asked about this previously, and this is how he responded. Yes, I get this a lot, but when you consider she's only 18, still in her growth phase, she's got more room to grow. I'll give it my best. And Robin's only 28, I'll give it my best. Maybe by the end of this series, Nami will probably be more boobs than human. (laughs) Sort of like Ashley McGee, but tits McGee. Yeah. And Dark Tetsuya asks in the chat room at live.vognetwork.com How do you miss Makoto Kino? Makoto's not that endowed. Uh, She is, but none of the information that comes out has anything to do with her boob Mm. size. Um, I'm going to assume because it's more of a children's show. Mm. Uh, She is 5'6", though. The same could be said about Shampoo from Ronma One Half and Bloodberry from Saber Marionette J and a few other series as well. Yeah, I mean looking at the pictures, these are these are anime characters that basically just have exaggerated boobs. Um at least with the uh, Sailor Moon and Makoto Kino, they did not 
you know, there was one episode that emphasized that, but never, you know... You mean it emphasized her talent? Yes. (laughs) But it never showed cleavage, it never showed, like, these characters, their boobs come out of their clothing. And that never happens with Sailor Moon. Because, again, it is something for kids. Mm-hmm. And these are more of the uh, teen to adult type uh, anime. Yep. And as uh, Bob Coffey says in our chat room at live.vognetwork.com, he says, no Sayako Bushishima, no sale. And she is the purple haired chick from high school of the dead. Uh, yep, and DT actually agrees. So, yeah. So, he goes, as he says, Ari knows what's up. I think this show's ruined me. Oh, terrible. Just terrible. I think Dark Tetsu has his own talents in it to play with, so, anywho. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ew. No, no, it's the same, because when they talk... When uh, Lita talked about her talent, it, the camera panned down to her chest and may, had the springing sound effect and Ray look, looking at her chest like, oh god, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Which is what made that scene even worse in the dub. <laughs> yeah. So, if you hear that music, we are now have the Skype line open. So you have any questions about tonight's show, you want to ask us questions or something like that about tonight's show or something along those lines, give us a buzz at Anime Jam Session. All calls are cut to two minutes due to time constraint, and, well, we're actually doing good time for tonight. Let's see if we can keep this up. And also, we have strange news from Japan up. So, God damn it, Mako-chan. What? That first article. Yeah, I know. It's Not old, it. but it's Th- uh, entertaining. Yep. Thankfully, one of the videos were, was pulled. Oh, yeah, no, I was not expecting playing the video. Hmm. So, I'll tell you what this is. I'll take this. It's disturbing video that shows a man pulling on his pubic hairs, actually pulling them off, and, plick, and flicking them on sleeping on a sleeping woman on a Japanese train. Ew. Japanese trains are often aptly described as, ple- as clean, punctual, and crowded. See, we need the people that run Japanese trains to run the MTA. Seriously. But if we were going to add a fourth item to that list, they could also call them a popular place for a nap. Visitors and new arrivals in Japan are often surprised by... People catch you some Z's while riding the rails. Unless you live in New York, because it's kind of normal. But down to the minute punctuality of trains in Japan means that in the process of making your daily commute, your body quickly gets trained to wake up naturally when the train arrives at your stop. And in Japan's famously low crime rates, and most most locals feel perfectly comfortable taking a nap beside a moving train, especially with a raw, soft rocking of the carriage. But, there was a video that was up. It was a disgusting video. It showed an elderly man taking advantage of the social custom by placing pubic hairs harvested on his own crotch on the head of the woman sleeping next to him. The video t- this t- 
title describes woman as a JK, which is a Joshi Kose, meaning high school student. Something we probably, I think we've talked about previously on prior episodes about JKs. Though she's not wearing a uniform or exhibiting any other sign other than being a teen. As she is sleeping, the elderly man sits next to her. He, he unzips the fly of his pants, pulls out a strand of pubic hair, examines it, and flicks it onto the woman's head or neck area. After brushing the hair on the top of his head, the man reaches out for another pubic hair and repeats the process. After grooming his eyebrows, he then stares at the sleeping woman until the video, which was shot by a by another person, ends. It started, the video started getting attraction online after it was tweeted by someone on Twitter in Japan. He says he didn't record the clip, he just shared it after finding it on YouTube. It should be noted by this, by no means a common occurrence on Japanese trains. While Japan has a long problem with train gropers, those perpetrators generally rely on pack to capacity rush hour trains or some other conditions, which give them a way to claim the physical contact was unintentional. What the pubic carrying flinging man is doing though is far more brazen, considering that there's no one standing between him and the opposite side of the train car where the video is being filmed. It is suggested that the train wasn't really that crowded when he decided to do this. All right. There's already been plenty of disturbed by in the video, but also distressing is what doesn't happen as no one comes to the woman's aid. A passenger can partially be seen sitting to her right, but perhaps the pubic hair flicking outside is outside of his range of vision, or he might be passed out as well. But still, at the very least, of the person filming this, he witnessed exactly what was happening, and it was sad that no one felt compelled to shout, hey, stop it. Even in a society that are often reluctant to get involved with other people's dilemmas. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Can we move on, please? Yes, yes, we can. You're second to the next one. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll take yep. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Japan has a consultation service for homeowners frustrated by cosplayers on their roofs. Hmm. Um, yeah. Are those pesky neighborhood cosplayers on the roof keeping you up at night? We didn't even know that was a thing, but there is indeed a service you can call for free um, about advice on any and all roof troubles. It's 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 basically a marketing ploy. Mm. <laughs> um, it's offering cosplayers on the roof countermeasure services. Uh, services for grievances based in Tokyo, Osaka, and Hyogo prefectures. The company excels at any kind of roof repair work, including general maintenance and simple measures to prevent leaking. The free quote-unquote cosplayers on the roof consultations come to fruition as part of the company's goal to provide the general public with easily accessible knowledge about roof care without anyone having to feel like they were asking dumb questions. In other words... You've got a question about roofs, and they'll happily answer it no matter how outlandish it may seem. 
Um, yeah, so basically it goes into this really stupid story that the company put together about two cosplayers on the roof and the uh, person that is going to be checking out the roof coming up on the roof and taking care of the two cosplayers um, by Kamehameha. Um, it's really, really silly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, really weird. Anyway, so the company is offering special, specially crafted copper animal statues to the first ten people who requested a free roof diagnostic up until September 15th. As a whole, net users responded to the cosplayers on the roof story with a mix of disbelief and skepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, Ponyo on the roof. Ponyo, uh, cosplayers yeah, will go to great lengths to take pictures in strange places. I think the company workers just want to use it as an excuse to cosplay themselves. Um, but again, it is a great way to drum up interest in the company and get the public interested in what actually goes on in their homes. Uh, so, yeah. Since if they really wanted to get people off the roofs, all you need is someone to come up with a fire extinguisher, bloat and spray it on them and go, fuck off! <clears throat> yeah, so Japan does weird very, very well. <clears throat> yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just a scooch. Okay, um, so last one's mine then. Yep. Japan's anime-loving penguin loses his 2D waifu temporarily and breaks our hearts with sad photos. A typhoon recently swept across Japan, washing out many people's plans for a three-day weekend. It wasn't just mankind that had their leisurely activities disrupted, though. Grape Coon, the humbled penguin who's fallen in love with a cardboard cutout of Hululu, an anthropomorphized penguin girl from the anime Kimono Friends, was no doubt looking to spend some quality time with his wife over the weekend. However, the approaching storm had zookeepers worried that the cutout could be damaged or destroyed, and so they removed Hululu from the penguin enclosure ahead of the approaching rain clouds. While you can't fault them for the decision, Grape Coom didn't seem to fully grasp the situation as the Tobu Zoo employee covered off his beloved anime treasure. The penguin looked absolutely crestfallen. Aww. With his slouching shoulders, his defeated posture is a near-perfect match for an otaku who just found his favorite anime series isn't getting a new season. And of course, human anime fans showed sympathy for their feather comer with fan art. <clears throat> and online messages of support. As alluded to in the comments, his Hululu's absence is indeed just a temporary situation, as the zoo has decided to continue displaying the cutout long after the finish of the Kimono Friends promotion I was originally part of. Seeing as how it's good for human otaku to sometimes take a break from their core hobbies and associate with people from outside the anime enthusiast community, <clears throat> a few days apart from his 2D crush might be a good thing for Grape Coon, and, if nothing else, a bit of absence should mean his heart will grow even fonder when she returns. Yeah, these these pictures are fucking sad. 
I know that poor that poor penguin. I feel for him. Hopefully they'll find a female penguin that'll kind of do it for him. Hopefully. Huh. I mean, shit, if it works for love connection. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead, take our last break of the night. And when we get back, we're going to wrap things up. And Jesus Christ, whoever you are, and Christ, I just won something from from one of the uh, Steam groups I'm in. I'm just I'll check it later. Just wasn't expecting to get a message or something like that. So, anywho, I think I got a couple of more songs here. That's gonna keep Makochan singing to the very end of the show. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase DEADLINE. Woohoo! So, uh, we'll be back! We'll return after these messages. Camp Bears Countdown! 4, 3, 2, 1! Who's that coming from somewhere up in the sky?
bad on that one. I didn't know the track was so short it was going to just spin right into the next one. Whoops. Oh well. Yep. I will probably end up fixing that in the end credits. So, um, yeah. Awesome. I hope you liked our the revamped uh, Back to School uh, podcast. I did make some changes. I think kind of give a little more nostalgia. Just out of curiosity, um, do either one of you know what this song is? No. Okay. Do you remember a game show called Finders Keepers? Oh, God, yeah, I do. Yep. I had the board game and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was two versions of this of the track. There was the Wesley Yura version and the Toffler version. And this is the Toffler version only because it goes... This is the full thing. Whereas I think the... Wesley, your version's like a minute and some change. So, anywho, if you like tonight's show, tell a friend. They in turn tell another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So, if you have any questions about tonight's show, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We are here to believe you. Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post our convention reports, links to our videos, our photos, edit editorials, cosplay tips and tutorials, anime reviews, and then some. And also our podcast as well. Also, you can always find our podcast on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and the VOG Network forums. And don't forget, we're on YouTube. YouTube.com slash AnimeJamSessionTV where we post all of our convention videos. I kind of jumped the gun and posted a video from Pop Cult Anime Con because a couple of you asked me, so I was like, yeah, I can do it because they're good people, so it's up there. Check out 
the, the Lost on this Lost on this Island musical is pretty funny. Definitely check it out. Twitter, twitter.com slash anime jam session. Follow us there for updates on our website, our podcast, conventions we're going to, and other cool stuff. Facebook, facebook.com slash anime jam session. To all of our friends on our social media sites who like and follow our page pages, thank you so much. We couldn't do this show without you guys and guys. And our Facebook page is where we link our reviews, our photos, our videos, all that cool stuff. So definitely swing by and check it out. Plus, you get the sneak peek as to what's going to happen on each week's show. And we're here on the VOG Network, but you should definitely check out the VOG Network because there are other awesome geek podcasts on the network. You have the Star Wars Power Coupling Podcast, the Geek Card, the Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, Game Buoy, and Hooked on Bond. And I also want to say happy 700 to Orange Lounge Radio. This past Sunday, they hit 700 episodes. Wow. So we'll get there eventually. Yeah, well, definitely. At the rate we're going, I, I think so. Right, we'll go around the room. Last words, Mako. I am so fucking tired. I know. But we're down, we're down, we're down to the wire at the end. Yeah, I know, but I have work tomorrow. Mm. I usually don't have work. Mm. Ma- uh, Ari, last words. Uh, this Friday can't get here quick enough. I know. Agreed. I know, right? I was looking at the weather. We should have amazing weather for this weekend, too. Yeah, as long as Jose keeps getting intoxicated by tequila. Mm. My last words is... I'm going to quickly edit both podcasts because my other show I did last night and jump into some more Metroid Samus Returns. So good. (laughs) That is it. End of list. We'll be back next week. Um, As for our livers, we'll see. But um, brand new episode. um, The way the calendar is going. We will still be here. Um... We will probably have a pre-Christmas show, because that's going to be before Christmas, so yeah. And we'll take our usual break, so... Y'all ready to get out of here? Yep. Yes. Okay. I'm Ranma. I'm Ari. And I'm Mako-chan. Great fight, great night. See you next week! And I'm out this bitch. Night! Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Good night, Maka-chan! I think part of your voice was cancelled out by the credit, so I'm really appreciative of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressed on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it! For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!